It's the fourth and final hour of First Up on this Monday morning. Some snow coming this afternoon, reportedly. It's never a sure thing with our meteorology. Sometimes they call for snow and it's just a little sprinkle. So uh, we'll see how she goes this afternoon. But I think a lot of people, Coco, are disputing or agreeing with your thoughts on expectations and how we would define success for the Maple Leafs this season. And they've got a matchup with Tampa. We know how difficult that's going to be. A coin flip, and I'm sure the Leafs will be the betting favorite on FanDuel like they were last year. Should they be? Depends on home ice. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I yeah. honestly think it doesn't matter. I think it's going to be a pick'em series. No, I, I agree. It's it's a there's so much talent on both sides. Whether the Lightning, we know we don't even need to go through the list of superstars and playoff performers they have on the roster and. We know how good the Leafs are. They've had an amazing season. They added a Ryan O'Reilly. They'll probably still make another addition ahead of the deadline. It's an awesome hockey team. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a hell of a series. And then <laughs> whoever wins that probably has to go into Boston. And good luck there. Good luck there. And then if you win that, then you probably got to go and play Carolina okay. or the Rangers me, or whoever. Let me tell you something about my playoff experiences in my career. When you entered the first round, it was you against... 16 other teams, 15 other teams. When you win that first round, I remember in the year two, what was the year the, the LA Kings won their first cup? 2012. 2012. We were the number two seed in the Western Conference. We beat the San Jose Sharks in five games. Take that, Joe Thornton. Okay. The LA Kings upset the Vancouver Canucks, who were the number one seed. When we got into the second round, we were the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. And you guys were probably looking at it like, all right, we're going to play Vancouver, the Sedins. Right. That's so what, before in going into go, the playoffs, yeah. we're like second seed, okay. You're looking at the – and I think the third seed was upset that year too. I don't remember who it was. So we get to the second round with eight teams remaining, and Vegas had us the favorites. Do you understand the type of shift our minds had? You were looking at it like, okay, like, this oh, is, okay, this is real. Pad, we're playing L.A.? Yeah, of course, yeah. L.A. steamrolled us. They beat us in four straight. <laughs> and they lost one playoff game that whole, that whole series. That wasn't when Alec Martinez scored. The, that was the second cup. The second time. Yeah. They beat, they beat oh, Jersey. that was like Richards and those guys. They beat Jersey in the finals that year. Yes. They, they steamrolled. They, they beat Vancouver four straight. They beat us four straight. They beat... Who did they beat in the semis? Uh, I don't remember who they beat. But in the finals, they, lost, they, they won in five games against... Um, New Jersey. That was with Kovalchuk back then? I think so, yeah. 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 So, again, I, I'm trying to share perspective on how hard it is to win in the playoffs. Like, every playoff series should be celebrated because you just don't know. It's not guaranteed you're going to get to the next one. There's no guarantee. And you're talking about a team that has not had any playoff success in 18 years. And we want to think about Stanley Cup or bust? I, I think everybody here wants the Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. But you got to win four rounds to get there. And if you haven't won one, you ain't getting to four. A text coming in from Kitchener. The Leafs need to reach the Eastern Conference Final at a minimum for the season to be considered a success. Like, I, I honestly think you're putting way too high expectations on this group considering how good the Eastern Conference is. And look, I'm not saying they can't get there. But you don't just enter a playoff series and there's automatically a favorite and an underdog. 
To me, there is no favorite and underdog. In oh, the I, I think at best, series. the Maple Leafs are playing three coin flip series if yes. they were to advance past here. And this is not the Canadian division. No. You know? Like you're not playing Montreal and Winnipeg. This is no. very, very different. It is the gauntlet. Perhaps the most difficult path to get through in NHL history. As crazy as that is to say, so as it sounds, just, let me just good luck. To me, and I don't care how you feel about this, to me, my perspective on the playoffs is if the Leafs win a playoff round, this season is considered a success. Let's find Because they out. did something they haven't been able to do in 18 years. Let's find out what our audience thinks. It's time for Wake Up Woodbridge. Time to make the call. Now, what's this number? Who making this call? I don't know what's this number. What is this number? Wake up, Woodbridge. Buongiorno. Wake up, Woodbridge. That's right. So wake me up, the number is 416-416-870-1050. Give us a ring. You'll talk to Cheese or 20 Fingers. They'll put you on through. Our first caller this morning, our buddy Chris in Brooklyn. What's up, Chris? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Monday. So, Carlo, I am firmly in your court on this one, my friend. Thanks, buddy. It has been over six and a half thousand days, gentlemen, since we've won a playoff series. Leafs Nation needs to have a little bit of perspective. It is very hard to win in the playoffs, but this team is good enough to do it and should have done it several times in our recent series. Let's just go back. 3-2 up against Tampa. We had them on the ropes in Game 6, then we had Game 7 at home. We didn't do it. The year before against Montreal, up 3-1 in the series, three chances to put Montreal away. That was our best chance to go on a deep cup run just mm-hmm. with COVID division. And the path. Could have played Winnipeg in the second round. Exactly, Carlo. And then you go back to the COVID lockdown year, we we didn't even make it into the playoffs. We lost in the play-in against Columbus. Mm-hmm. And then the season before that, we were up three games to two against Boston, up early in game six. Like, I'm totally with you here, Carlo. I would consider this season a success if we can win a playoff round. For crying out loud, I think seven of the top teams in the NHL are all from the Eastern Conference and with this silly division <laughs> right. alignment. Yeah. This is the challenge that the Leafs face. Chris, I don't know if we'll make a move. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, okay. Just great call. We just got a lot of calls we got to get to. So I, I hate to cut you off, but we got to get to Rob and Scott and Angela. Thanks for the call. Chris. You're the man, Chris. We love you. And it's uh it's tough, but I think you can, the expectations can be recalibrated. What is considered a success could change depending on what happens. Yes, you. But you at this point in time, time, yes, exactly. But at this point in time, if you're telling me, all right, Leafs will beat Tampa Bay, I think you got to sign off on that. That's a tough, tough thing to do, and yeah. you can't be understated just how challenging that will be. It's, it's a it's a failed season if you don't get to the Eastern Conference Final. What you've won two playoff rounds? Yeah. That's a failed season. That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Let's Come go to on. let's go to Rob in Woodbridge. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Hey, Mike. Great, Rob. What's going on? Good, good. I I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, you're right. I mean, hey, if they if they beat Tampa in the first round, you you can classify the the season as a success. I I think most Leaf fans, you know, they're looking at this. You know, let's go back to the to the Shanny plan, whatever. That's what seven years ago. You know, there was this plan laid out where I think it was nine know, years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think it was twenty fourteen. Yeah, 
I, I think that's what fans are looking at, is that if you look at that, it has been a failure because the goal was, hey, win a Stanley Cup with all these superstars that we have, and they're young, they're exciting, and nothing's happened. So, hey, listen, they beat Tampa. I'm going to be super excited. If then they go out in the next round, yeah, I'm going to be upset. But then again, I, I think you just have to look at the overall picture of how this plan has worked out. And if they go out and, you know, even if they win the first round, like overall, you're, you're still going to be disappointed because ultimately, you know, we haven't won a cup since 67. And damn it, I'm getting old. So <laughs> we, we need to win it one day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rob. We appreciate the call. Let's go to line three. Scott in Oakville. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, hey, guys. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, backing off what uh, Carlos said about the expectation for Toronto if it's a first round. And I was comparing it to – I'm a Capitals fan, so for me it was every year that Pittsburgh put them out. I was like, if they don't beat these Penguins, then this season is toast. It's a write-off. And it always felt like that. I mean, I get it. And the when one they year they beat them. Pittsburgh, what happened? Exactly, exactly. I know. But for me, when they beat them – uh, on that break, I was like, "Yes, finally, we're there." Yeah. And I, I think that's what Carlo. I think that's what you're getting at is just, just set that goal. Just get, to get to an unfamiliar first... place. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. That was it. So uh, they're kind of similar. Like every first round, it's like, like God, we just can't get over this one hump. And that's how it was for Washington with Pittsburgh. How do you right? feel as a Caps fan right now, based on everything that's going on? Uh, well, after yesterday, not so great. They got pounded. I don't know what's going on with Kemper. I, I don't understand how he, he just seems to be on a downward spiral or something. They gave him a back-to-back and just tanked. I mean, after that Rangers game, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't need, I don't like their chances right now. No, it sounds like they might be selling even more assets off as Friday inches closer. Let's go to our final caller. I apologize to Bob and Moncton. We simply just don't have time. Angelo and Woodbridge, you're our final caller. Hi, guys. Uh, happy birthday, Carlo. Thank you. Yeah. Good morning, both of you. Um, it's pathetic that we're thinking that the goal is one round, but that we'd be satisfied. We've got um, three supposed uh, uh, stars making close to $11 million each, a couple of them making $11 million, and our goal is to win one round. I mean, it's year seven for Marner and Matthews. Are these guys going to perform like Conn Smythe uh, candidates in the playoffs? Like, year nine. It's year nine of Shanaplan. Is it going to be year 15 before we get to a conference final? I mean, McKinnon I figured it out. McKinnon figured it out. And he said he had won, you know what. How many, how many years did it. it take McKinnon to figure it out? Yeah, well, do you want that for the Leafs? I mean, it's a They're almost case. there. They're not <laughs> I mean, there. They haven't won a round. In, yeah, I get in, that. In, that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to say. They have not won a round in 19 years, Carlos. 18. 19 years. It'll be 19 by 2023. I mean, <laughs> the standard is pretty low, especially for these high play. These guys feel great Angela. about themselves in the regular season. They put up points. They're smiling. They're, they're doing fancy celebrations, and when it comes to the playoffs, yeah. they fail. Angelo, they do you fail. know why they say the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because one know, team wins it every there. year. You've been there. Yeah, one team wins it every year. And I would love to share with you and everybody else listening to us the Maple Leafs hoisting that thing within my lifetime. That would be a blast. But you can't walk before you crawl, man.
I'm just sorry. Nice. It's, I like it's that. just the way that it is. Play, winning playoff hockey is hard. Angelo, we really appreciate the call. Also, thanks to everybody else who gave us a ring. We'll be doing Wake Up Woodbridge again on Thursday, following the Leafs and the Oilers on Wednesday night. Really looking forward to that. Uh, really looking forward to our next couple of guests, including Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated and the American James Dutty, Liam McHugh, in about 18 minutes' time. The fourth hour first up continues, TSN 1050. First up continues. This is TSN 1050, Aaron Karolnik and Carlo Koliakovo. It's always a treat to chat with our next guest from Sports Illustrated. He covers the Toronto Raptors. Also, I am a follower of his, I should say, on TikTok. Fantastic TikToker. It's Aaron Rose. What's going on, buddy? Thank you very much. I'm glad to hear that. I love that. I, I got to figure out how you do it. Like, you got to see how Aaron Rose does it. TikTok? Yeah, Aaron Rose is a star TikToker. Uh-huh. He's got, like, the his face talking over different videos. Wow. Very high-tech, Aaron. I'm impressed. Do you do that all yourself? From my kitchen, so it's really not that high-tech. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, good work. Good work. I think the Toronto Raptors could have probably used some of your TikTok skills, maybe to edit the videos and make it look like they actually showed up last night in Cleveland. They got, they got it handed to them. Let's be honest here, Aaron. And yes, Fred VanVleet wasn't playing, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But do you think this may have been a little bit of a reality check for the Toronto Raptors going up against one of the top teams in the East after playing some pretty poor teams over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's... It- I have said for a while now that it's been really tough to judge how good this team is. They've obviously looked much improved since the trade deadline. But when you're beating teams, I think they won, what was it, seven of their last eight before last night's game. But their wins have come against a bunch of teams in the bottom five of the league, Detroit twice, Orlando, Houston, uh, San Antonio. And then they beat a Memphis team that was without John Morant and two other starters. They beat uh, a really struggling New Orleans Pelicans team without Zion Williamson. So I was not really impressed with any of those wins. So I was waiting for this game to say, okay, are the Raptors for real? Now, it was difficult because it was the second night of a back-to-back and that's a tough game. But at the same time, like, they did not show up last night. So if you're looking at who, how do you stack up against playoff teams, well, none of the teams you beat are playoff teams, really, at least the way that they were constructed when the Raptors beat them. So how do you look against playoff teams? Well, it's tough to judge entirely based on last night, but they certainly did not look like a playoff team last night. The Raptors, their next couple of games, they play Chicago and a back-to-back against Washington. So those are the two teams that are currently trailing the Raptors in the East. It's, uh, so the Raptors are 30-32, and 32, Washington 28-32, and 32, Chicago 28-33, and 33, and then Indiana a couple games behind that at 27-35. and 35. So I think we're going to learn a lot about the Raps as far as the next three games go, Aaron. But... Back to Fred Van Vliet, who did welcome his third child uh, last week, and congratulations to him and his family. And, you know, we do recall Fred Van Vliet excelling post-childbirth back in 2019. But what type of significance do you think, not the childbirth will have on Van Vliet, but I think his place in the rotation with the Raptors, considering some of the recent moves, we haven't seen them all together all that often. So I don't think this season will end in a finals MVP vote for Fred VanVleet. I know. He'll be around. He'll hook it up anytime. But but I think you're right in the sense that having him back uh, hopefully tomorrow night, and again, congrats to his family, as you said, should stabilize the rotation a little bit more and give them um, some more juice against these three teams that, as you mentioned, are really big, or these two, two teams, three games uh, against Chicago and Washington that are really big games 
in the playing conversation. So it probably shifts Gary Trent Jr. down to the bench, which gives you an extra valuable bench player. Probably bumps Jeff Dowden out of the rotation, and that's no slight on Jeff Dowden, who's been a, a really sort of valuable bench piece for the Raptors, but probably isn't a, a high-end rotation player uh, on a team with playoff aspirations this year. But you saw last night a ton of turnovers for the Raptors. Uh, at times, they looked like floppy and didn't have the energy and couldn't really handle the Cleveland's guards. And I think having Fred back sort of stabilizes those things. So uh, a calmer presence, OG should look better when he doesn't have to play with the ball so much. Yak should, you know, more pick and rolls with Fred Bansley. Just anytime you can add talented players to a rotation makes things easier. And guys who are veteran and poised and, and, as I said, stabilizing presence like Fred should make it easier for everyone. Aaron, um... The Raptors' approach at the trade deadline was an interesting one, considering most people expected them to be sellers, and they end up being buyers. They bring in Pirtle. But you look at the strategy behind it, there were some people saying that you know the reason for it, because you wanted to protect Scotty Barnes, and you wanted to have him grow and develop in a winning environment instead of um, you know a losing one and, and obviously a, a developing one. How would you think his play has evolved uh, in the last couple of games with, with Pirtle being in the mix? Yeah, Nick talked about it the other day at practice that uh, his role is going to have to change a little bit. I think at the beginning of the season, we thought Scotty was more of the point guard. and It didn't really go particularly well. They came into the season saying they wanted the ball in his hands. They were going to move Fred off the ball a little bit more. I think at times, Scotty struggled with that earlier in the year. And then right around the start of the new year, he started playing more of a center role. He was screaming more often. He was getting the ball sort of on the roll more often, passing more often, and he was thriving in that role. But you add Jack and Pirtle into the mix, and he sort of slides into that center spot. And now Scotty is sort of, and I wrote about this a little while ago, sort of in that in-between position again. So he's not the point guard, so that's probably not the best role for him, uh, at least when Fred's around, but he's also not the center. So that means he has to play a little bit more on the perimeter. We've seen him struggle with that at times. But Nick said he's an okay, I think Nick probably inflated his numbers a little bit, but he's an okay catch-and-shoot uh, three-point shooter. So I think the Raptors need him playing with confidence and taking that shot when it swung around him, when it kicked out to him, take that three-point shot. He's still getting a feel for that a little bit. They need him taking the ball up in transition. So playing that point guard spot in transition, maybe not in the half court, but there's going to be some fluidity to his position. But I think he's going to learn how to play with a center because long-term he's not a center for this team. So having somebody like Jacoperto around allows him to learn probably what his position is going to be for the future. Is it closer to a three or a four, or is it closer to a one or a two? I think the Raptors are still trying to figure that out for him. Aaron Rose is our guest. He covers the Toronto Raptors for Sports Illustrated. Yesterday, Aaron, we saw something that had not yet been done in the NBA all year. 0-138 were teams down 27 points in a game, and it was the Lakers led by LeBron and Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt who came back against the Dallas Mavericks and won in spite of being down so much. A very impressive performance by them. LeBron was a little hobbled after the game, but are you buying the Lakers at all in the Western Conference here, or do you still view them as the same old Lakers we've seen through the first 60-plus games? And I'll bring this back to the Raptors, because I think talking about trading for Kevin Durant earlier in the year or what have you, it is so important to have depth in the NBA. You need to have star players to win a championship, but you can't do it just with star players. And I think that's what we're seeing now from the Lakers, where, of course, they have their star players at the top, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But the trade they made at the trade deadline, bringing in three guys, 
and, and adding depth to your rotation so that you just you can't do it with just two guys. So when we were talking about trading away, you know, OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. and maybe a couple other pieces just for Kevin Durant, well, that would re- leave the Raptors really, really thick. Yes, Kevin Durant is a superstar player, but you need to have depth in the NBA. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Lakers. You add three more guys. And I think, do I think they're Western Conference championship contenders? Probably not. Again, it's always tough to count out LeBron James. Uh, Toronto fans know that probably more than anyone else. But at the same time, I think that they're certainly a playoff team. And I don't think anyone in the Western Conference is going to be happy welcoming LeBron James and those Lakers to town uh, in whatever it is, the first or second round of the playoffs. Make sure to follow Aaron on Twitter, at Aaron Ben Rose, and TikTok. As great as a follow you are on Twitter, Aaron, I think your TikTok skills are... Um you know, really good as well. So when I mean, you say skills, his his like listen, video he's got, production he's got some or his, cool or his things. actual dances. Well, it doesn't know he doesn't do dances. Okay, he does okay. analysis, the raps, and okay, the yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. His I'm going to send production. you a Coco, and we'll uh, we'll get you to follow Aaron as uh, be great all if of he our can do, like, the do. dances when he yeah, da- do some dances, Aaron, as you break down Nick Nurse's defense against the Washington <laughs> Wizards. All right, can we get you to try that? I will do my best Isaiah Livers impression. Yes, really nice. well done. Uh, nice. Well done. Siak Adam dancing on the court. <laughs> nice. uh, thanks for this, Aaron. Thank you. All right, Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated. TikTok underrated vehicle to build one's brand. My Aaron Rose are, is doing my kids just are that. Big time into TikTok right now, and it's actually pretty cool. Like they've learned a couple of dances, um, but man, they are obsessed with it. It's dangerous. Upset. There is a theory that TikTok will be banned in North America in the not too distant. Why you say well, that? It's like a Chinese company, right? That owns it, and because it's Chinese. Everyone, well, that and it's so addictive. You know, oh. it's, it's harmful to people's brains, <laughs> like mine. <laughs> well, then, what do you say about the other? Well, that's and that's a fair point. Instagram and Facebook Instagram? and Twitter, all the same stuff, right? Is Snapchat still Snapchat's exist? still a thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh-huh. The kids love Snapchat. Soon your kids will be on Snapchat. No. Yes. Yes, they. I will. want the phones removed from my kids. Right now. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, a lot of good stuff still to come, including Liam McHugh from the NHL on TNT and MLS broadcaster Liam McHugh. Fantastic debut presentation from Apple. MLS, and not so fantastic for Toronto FC. We'll get to that with Liam next. You know, the NHL trade deadline, 3 p.m. Friday, and there have been a lot of big names on the move already. Timo Meyer traded. Of course, Tanner Janot traded late last night to the Tampa Bay Lightning. We've seen Tarasenko moved. O'Reilly moved. Patrick Kane seemingly on the verge of being traded to the Rangers at any point in time. I'm a little bit worried about our friend James Duffy, Coco, because... He's got to host, what, 12 hours of live TV on Friday? Yeah, I, had a ch- I gave him a quick call last night after the, uh, the, Leaf uh, game? the Meyer deal. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> what are we going to do? You doing all right, bud? Here's what we should do. We should call Liam McHugh, the American James Dothy, to come nice. in and relieve James from his misery. Because ah, that's a great I'm idea. Sure, I'm, I'm sure Liam's got his own stuff going People on People won't Friday. even notice, too. Yeah, well, unless, unless no, they'll, they'll, they'll notice. They'll be like, damn, James Dothy got good looking. All right, let's bring him in. <laughs> from the NHL on TNT, it is Liam McHugh. What's up, Liam? Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Uh, a bucket of makeup uh, will do wonders uh, at any time. But no, the, the best thing I have going for me is that I don't have a trade deadline show. To worry about that is fortunate. Oh, poor James Duffy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Like he should just seriously like put a board up of all the trades and just stare at the screen. Yeah, no, <laughs> see how right. long people will just tune in and just text people while he's on there. 
Just just alive. His day to day. Just follow him around. He could play a game of. He he could play a game of matchmaker too, and just make up trades. Hey, if I was a GM, I would do this. But (laughs) who knows? But if there's the one thing you have over James too, Liam, is you can grow amazing facial hair, and he can't. It's true. It's true. Again, makeup makeup plays a large. Makeup plays a large role in that as well. Uh, We have a a tremendous special effects department uh, at TNT, which makes my, like, bad Irish whiskers look like they're connected at times by other bad Irish whiskers. Uh, But, uh, and then then Henrik Lundqvist has got to come in with his perfect hair. That guy doesn't even need makeup. And his perfect beard and just throw it right in my face. Yeah. So on the subject of Henrik Lundqvist, again, we're joined by Liam McHugh from the NHL on TNT. His former team in the Rangers, I mean, they are making some serious moves. Already having acquired Tarasenko from St. Louis, Patrick Kane will be a Ranger. It's just a matter of time. Do you think the Rangers are the second best team in the Eastern Conference, Liam? Like, I think we have to keep Boston at number one. But who would you have at number two right now? I think they're right there, especially when you consider the fact that they're going to, they will have Igor Shesterkin and that no one else will when they're there. I mean, and you bring Kane to the equation. How great is this? Because, you know, we had that Patrick Kane, uh, Chicago Blackhawk game against the Maple Leafs before he, you know, sort of exploded. It was right after uh, we had the sort of pouty Patrick Kane because uh, Tarasenko got traded to the Rangers and he wasn't involved in it. And they played against the Leafs. He kind of looked disinterested. He looked like he just wasn't into you know anything at this point. Uh, how motivated he was was a question. Was he hurt? And then he sort of flipped it. He was like, oh, is that what you think? You think I can't still do it? <laughs> and he has torn things up, and yeah. it is awesome. It's, it's sort of like a like an angry revenge showtime tour for Patrick Kane at this point. And now with the potential, he could bring that to Madison Square Garden. Uh, I mean, you get showtime at MSG. And you get a guy, and here's the best thing about Patrick Kane. Um, you know, we cranked up the attention on him, and what did he do? He was great. Yeah. And that's what the playoffs. That's playoff hockey. Yeah. That's it. And we've seen teams that can't handle it. We really, like, you know what? I go back to last year. Florida Panthers, they got put in the spotlight, could not handle it. Just could not. Tripping all over themselves. You put Patrick Kane in that environment, and you get a better version of Patrick Kane. And how great is this for the Rangers, Right. They get to negotiate a deal for Patrick Kane, and there's no one bidding against them. <laughs> no kidding. So they get hey, a call. Yeah. Seventh round. Like, How about we give you this? Yeah. And the Rangers are like, uh, no. And they're like, all right. Well, what about this? And the Rangers keep doing this until yeah. they basically get him for nothing. Well, and that's the levers that they created, right? Because Kane has really been been or sorry, really told him, hey, I only want to go to the Rangers right now. So. Um, tough spot for Chicago to be in, but clearly they got to do right by Kane, considering everything he did for that organization. And people aren't even talking about the fact that if he goes to the Rangers, he's going to be reunited with Panarin. That's right. I mean, they want a Stanley Cup together. Well, and like Panarin and Tarasenko are buddies yeah. as well. I mean, they're top six. I think you can make a pretty good argument that it's the best top six in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Kreider, Zabinijad, Kane, and then Panarin. The power play? And a, it's, yeah, and I mean, Adam Fox and Shesterkin. I mean, yeah. and I think this all just ties into this, this central theme that we've seen leading up to the deadline, Liam, that the East is very oh, invested in winning, and the West seemingly doesn't care about winning. They only care about trading the good players to the East. Yeah. I mean, you have, New, you have what New Jersey did, landing Meyer. The Leafs yep. landing O'Reilly. The, the Boston Bruins trading for Orlov. 
Carolina's going to make a move at yeah. some point. And Tampa, of course, to. they picked up Tanner Janot. They traded like, all the draft picks they have for the next five years to do so. It's amazing how the power has shifted to the Eastern Conference. And, and Liam, I, I would imagine you know that Biz is really, really big on the Oilers. I would like You would think that Ugh. people would be say, asking for Kenny Holland to give Biz the reins to BGM so he can make the moves <laughs> for the Oilers to be the top team in the West. Think about what he could well, do. <laughs> Well, first off, and you know, the funny thing is the West to the East, and it began actually with the Islanders, right? They went right. and got Bo, Bo Horvath. Very so, like, good point. It, it's, a, it's incredible. Like, it, it, you're right. And I think the top six teams in hockey are in the East at this point, and Carolina hasn't even made a move. And you're absolutely right about the Oilers. I mean, it comes down to, at this point, especially with the team that they have, you want a biz-like GM where uh, biz is the type of person where, like, Five minutes into the future is too far away for him to think. Right. Like that's that's like ah, I can't plan for five minutes ahead. So let's just go for it. And you kind of want that right now. How could you not? I mean, it's another. You can't have. We've talked about this. Oh my God! Another prime year of the greatest player in hockey and a guy who's top five, top ten, depending on whose list you have there in hockey, and not make a move. Now the good thing about all this for the West, right, is. You would like to think it's open where you can make it to the Stanley Cup final. Anybody. If you're a number of teams in the West, right? Yeah. And then you get there and you have a chance. Uh, I feel better about Dallas in that situation just because I like to get to the final and have Ottinger. Yeah. And know that even if my guys aren't playing, I can have a goalie that will absolutely be capable of stealing multiple games during a playoff series. And the Oilers clearly do not have that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think moves have to be made out there, but we're running out of like we're running out of real game changers. We are. I, we, we might are, have I'm, already run out of game changer. Jacob Chikrin might be the only one. Maybe Max dude. Domi, Tanner Janot no, just went for he's six be healthy draft picks for like eternity <laughs> at this point. Um, we're going to be talking about Jacob Chikrin getting traded for like the next. <laughs> How bad do you I, feel I, I for this kid though? Like, come on! Like, what does this guy got to do to get traded? It's been two years. I, it, it's. It's painful. I mean, listen, there's only so bad I feel for someone who gets to not work and get paid a lot. But I do, gen, you know, I genuinely feel like this is a guy who, who, if you're any sort of competitor, you're sitting at home right now. And, you know, you haven't been a pain. This has been an open discussion. Everyone knows the, the situation. It, you know, this isn't someone who came in and was complaining and, and moaning. This is someone who went out and played and you made an agreement with and clearly there was something on the horizon, and it did not happen. And now we're stuck in this just chicken limbo that feels like it's going to be endless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. And you hear rumors about the Penguins in the mix, and then you hear rumors that the Penguins don't want to give up the future. That's the worst spot to me of any team is Pittsburgh right now because you went out over the summer and said, we're bringing the band back. Yeah. And they're older, and we're signing them to deals. And we're going for it. Well, now you're here. You know you're probably not one piece away from winning the Stanley Cup. But you're going to hedge? Like, you're really going to hedge at this point and say, well, what about the future? You've invested in this. Yeah. You no got to at least give your, you gotta give your team a chance to get in and at least attempt to get hot, I think. 
That was the frustration with Hextall in Philadelphia, where they wanted to get to that next level, and he just kept saying, patient, 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 patient. But how can you be patient if you're Pittsburgh? Like, how many you more can't. years of Crosby, Malkin, no, Tang? Like, there, there's no such thing. There is, I, I, it's weird to say this, but there is no future. No. <laughs> it's over it's for now. you. No. It's, it's, it's now. It's Tampa Bay's well, model. It might have already been, it might be three years ago, really, but now, kind of. But, but literally, it's Tampa Bay's model. Tampa Bay's like, we got our core locked up. For the next six, seven years, draft picks mean nothing to us right now. Yeah. If it means yeah. if whatever if whatever move is out there is going to help us give us the best chance to win in the season we're in, we're going to go do it. That's what Pittsburgh approach has to be too. They just That's got the happiest. You know, fan base do you know how lucky Pittsburgh got that St. Louis took Caspery Kapanen off of their cap? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Honest to God. Wow, you forget about Caspery Kapanen and Andreas Janssen, two guys who were both moved. Kapanen by waivers. waivers, and then Janssen yesterday in the Timo Meyer deal. Yeah. Those are both guys for the Leafs that were like beloved here. Like Ron Hextel should be buying Doug Armstrong dinner <laughs> for the next year because he helped him basically get out of a cap hell situation with Kapanen, not just this year, but next year too. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is, um, if you're in this situation and you're Pittsburgh, you would have assumed that it was because your star players did nothing or got hurt or were complete anchors and weighing you down. And that's not the case. Uh-huh. I mean, Crosby's not Crosby. He's doing Crosby ago, things. But he's still great. And I think Malkin's playing very well at this point. I, I mean, I don't know what the expectations were. I didn't have huge expectations for well, him. Well, their goaltending has I'm, let them down big time. And that's it. That's been a problem. But if you can start to turn that around and you can have some help at goalie, hell, heck, you can go out right now. You could get a goalie. Yeah. Go get a goalie. Why not? Get some depth there. I mean, there's that team in Arizona again. Give them a call. Yeah. That could be an interesting. John Gibson. You, know, would, you want to commit? You want exactly. to commit to? You want to commit to goaltending with the, with your core? John Gibson's under contract There's for the next five years. There. Yeah. And and I just don't get how you can be like we're all about right now, all about right now. But wait, maybe what about the future? No, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, the, yeah. That, that's, I don't know if that's a great motto for like a city or a team. There is no future. Right. But, you know, I think that's what Pittsburgh should Well, it is in Tampa. There is yeah. no future. No, they Tampa. have no draft picks. No. Uh, Liam McHugh is our guest from the NHL and TNT and MLS on Apple. And I saw some of the broadcast, thought it looked really sharp. The graphics were exceptional, Liam. What was the reaction at Apple? Did you hear from Tim Cook congratulating you on a <laughs> successful first week? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, I have not. I, I hear he answers all his own emails. Really? So maybe I'll shoot him an email and just ask him if he, you know, tuned in, checked out the show. Yeah. It looked, the, it looked uh, great. It looked great. I, of course, you guys. I, I think you did, well, you did a fantastic the, job. The, the tip of the cap on the graphics is great. That was all me. I put a lot of work into the graphics. <laughs> nice. um, and uh, I was there all night. But no, it, it's cool. It's a new adventure. Uh, soccer is a pretty big passion of mine. I grew up playing it, played it badly in college, and now I get to broadcast it badly for Apple TV. I made a mistake. In the only thing I found but weird uh, about MLS opening up this weekend is the games that I watched, watching guys breath in the air because it was so cold outside. I'm thinking to myself, we're still in February and they're doing soccer games outside? <laughs> It's it's amazing too, and like they try to make the schedule where you're playing, you know, uh, southern. You're playing on the road to start if you're a northern team, but uh, and I was I'd say I was sort of disappointed because if you're going to play in that cold weather when the ball feels like a cinder block when you're kicking it, <laughs> uh, they they canceled, they postponed the game in Portland, and that was the one snow game. And to me, like if it's going to be miserable, go play a snow game. Right. Go play a snow right. game. We it, saw I mean, just. 
Canada. Yeah, for the visual of guys in shorts with gloves on, I always love that because that'll keep you warm. Um, but uh, I, I love the snow game. We didn't have it, but yeah, it's listen. Well, here's the thing: you either can play in Minnesota in late February, or how about go play in Houston in like July? Not the What's best. Worse? No, no, that's that's exactly it. You want to play in 38 degree or whatever 100 degree temperatures in Houston or in the cold weather in around February. Yeah, I think I'm with you, uh, Liam. Fantastic work as always. Always great to have you on the show. And I will pass your number along to James Dotty in case he needs some relief on Friday. All right. Yeah, send my condolences. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, on that trade deadline show. Consider it done. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> Have a great week, buddy. All right, take care. All right, one of our favorites, Liam McHugh from the NHL and TNT and MLS on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, probably makes, what, $100 million a year? Something like that? Response to his own emails. That's impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I don't think I'd be responding to my emails if I was making. Maybe not. Nice maybe maybe a hundred mil might be a stretch. It could be. You could make a hundred million a year. The worst is me. when you send somebody an email and they never get back to you, or it takes them like three months to get back to you, like some people here at at uh, this station. So. Yes, that is. But <laughs> that is true. Ooh, it is what it is. Uh, his actual pay ninety nine point four million. What a guess by yours truly, Ooh. Tim Cook. Oh Tim wow, Cook. you yeah. guessed that? Well, I guess a hundred million. Ninety nine point four. Pretty wow. close. Pretty close. Hopefully my guesses are as accurate in my FanDuel best bets, which are coming up next. Time now for today's best bets, brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel's been taking a lot of my money of late. I'll be fully transparent. Oh, no. But feel like I'm about to turn things around. Hit a big winner in NASCAR last night. Shout out to my guy, Nemechek. Taking down the Xfinity series. I'm probably the only person on the planet who knows what is talking about outside of the southern United States. In any case, here's what I like tonight. LaMelo Ball over 25 and a half points tonight at home against Detroit. Total of 237. Expect LaMelo to be chucking as he always is. I like the over in a big way. I'm also on the under for Connor McDavid. That sounds stupid, does it not? But he's playing against the Boston Bruins. Linus Allmark in goal for Boston. I think maybe he gets a point. But two against Boston seems unlikely. I will take the under plus 130. And lastly, Max Domi. Been one of, if not the hottest players in the entire league of late. He will rack up a point, at least one, against the Anaheim Ducks. A team that allows 41 shots against per game. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Very busy day for yours truly. Need to go buy a new microwave. New microwave. Going to head over to Best Buy, Scarborough Town Center, right across the street. Nice. That's my plan for the day. Awesome. What's going on with you, brother? Well, you have an air fryer. Why do you need a microwave? Now, nah, you know what? Al's brother asked me the same question. I don't know. I like to make popcorn. Okay. You know, maybe like... I don't you know, like sell else. popcorn that it's already made in bags, right? I like to like pop it up with the microwave. Okay, I like that kind of popcorn. Right. But well, hey. I do have an air fryer as well. But I, I want to get a new microwave. I need one. You gotta yeah, have a microwave. Man, you, never know, you never know. Sure. You never need to know what you. I the only thing I really use a microwave for is like the reheat leftovers. Yeah, you know some pizza. Yeah, you can still throw that in the air fryer. Yeah, too. you could. The air fryer is very versatile. Yeah, very versatile. So that's my plan for today. You got anything interesting cooking in your life? Um, just got a lot of checking in to do, really. Checking in? A lot of, it was a long weekend, um, and just 
It's probably going to be a long day, not going to lie, but um, looking forward to taking it easy tonight. No Leafs, no Raps tonight. So, with both of them playing last night, Leafs win, Raptors lose. Some news in the NFL. The Milwaukee Bucks co-owner Mark Lazary has reached an agreement to sell his portion of Milwaukee to Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. $3.5 billion. And that's a big deal. Then there's the reports out of Chicago that they're willing to trade the number one overall pick. So it sounds like that's going to get that done should, as well. It's not newsworthy. I mean, you kind of knew that was going to happen. You thought so. we got to figure out who to bet on to go number one. Remember, Mark Dominic a couple weeks ago said the name Will Levis. You know who's been gaining a lot of traction? Anthony Richardson, Scott Mitchell's boy. Our boy. Well, he's not my guy. Wow. Scott Mitchell's boy. He's been uh, moving up the ranks uh, ever since he had his pro day. I think Will Levis might go number one when it's all said and done. Wasn't that Nick McVickers? Call? Oh, yeah, that was Nick McVickers. Slick Nick. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that was like that three months Mark ago. Dominic. No, Mark Dominic also said that. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. So that's wow. interesting. And Dominic plugged in. Maybe not as much as Nick McVicker. He's got, he's Canadian got sources. Soccer. He does have sources. So sources. Uh, that'll be something we are tracking throughout the course of the day. Heading into tomorrow's program, busy one as always. If you missed any of today's show, go to wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to our pod because we always appreciate new subscribers. We've got a lot of good content coming every Monday to Friday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Cheese, fantastic work as always. 20 Fingers, you are the man. We missed you fellas on Friday night, but we'll have another party to celebrate. First up, at some point in the not-too-distant future. I am Aaron Carroll, and the key is Carlo Koliak. Well, we'll be back. We will be back. Bright and early. 6 a.m., Coco. We will. Ciao.